Chapter Five of Bashan and I by Thomas Mann. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: The Chase, Part Two. My first survey of the scene, whilst the door was still open, had at once revealed to me the whereabouts of Bashan, and so I went up to him. He lay behind the bars of his cage upon some loose stuff which must have been made of tan bark or something similar and which added its own peculiar aroma to the odor of the animals and of the carbolic acid or lysiform he lay there like a leopard though a very weary very disinterested and disappointed leopard i was shocked by the sullen indifference with which he greeted my entrance and advance he merely gave a feeble thump or two upon the floor of his cage with his tail and only after i had spoken to him did he deign to raise his head from his paws and only to drop it again almost immediately and to blink moodily to one side a stoneware vessel full of water stood at the back of his cage outside attached to the bars of his cage there was a small wooden frame with a card partly printed partly handwritten which contained an account of bashan's name breed sex and age beneath this there was a fever index curve bastard setter i read name bashan male two years old brought in on such and such a day and month of the year to be observed for occult hemorrhages and then followed the curve of bashan's temperature drawn in ink and showing no great variations there are also details in figures regarding the frequency of bashan's pulse so his temperature was being taken and even his pulse counted nothing was lacking in this respect it was his frame of mind which occasioned me worry is that one yarn asked the attendant who implements in hand had in the meantime approached me he was a stocky round-bearded and red-cheeked man wearing a kind of gardener's apron with brown somewhat bloodshot eyes the moist and honest glances of which had something astonishingly dog-like in them i answered his question in the affirmative referred to the order i had received to call again to-day to the telephone conversations i had carried on and declared that i had come to see how everything stood the man cast a glance at the card yes he said the dog was suffering from occult hemorrhages and that kind of thing always took a long time especially if one didn't know where the hemorrhages came from well wasn't that always the case no one didn't know anything about it as yet but the dog was there to be observed and he was being observed the hemorrhages were still occurring were they yes they came on now and then and they were being observed yes most carefully has he any fever i asked trying to make something out of the chart hanging on the bars no no fever the dog had quite a normal temperature and pulse about ninety beats in the minute that was the normal number that was about right they ought not to be less but if they were fewer then he would have to be observed still more sharply the dog if it wasn't for these here occult hemorrhages was really in pretty good condition of course he had howled at first a full twenty-four hours but after that he got used to things of course he didn't eat much but then he got very little exercise and it was also a question of how much he was accustomed to eat what food did they give him soup said the man 
but as he had already remarked the dog didn't eat much of it he has a very depressed look i said affecting an expert air yes no doubt of that said the man but then that didn't really mean much for it wasn't very nice for a dog to have to be cooped up in that way and be observed they were all depressed more or less that is to say the good-natured ones but there were some as got mean and nasty but he couldn't say as this here dog had this dog of mine was a good-natured sort and wouldn't think of biting even though one were to observe him till doomsday i agreed with what the man said though indignation and anxiety gnawed at my heart how long i asked him did one think it was necessary to keep bashan here the man cast another glance at the chart another week he remarked would be necessary to observe him properly that's what the professor had said i might come after another week and inquire again that would make two weeks in all and then i would be able to get exact information about the dog and about curing his occult hemorrhages i went after i had made another attempt to cheer up bashan's spirits by talking to him but he was as little affected by my going away as by my coming he seemed to be oppressed by a feeling of dark hopelessness and contempt since you have been capable his attitude seemed to declare of having me put into this cage i expect nothing more from you and was it not in truth enough to make him despair of all reason and justice what had he done that this should happen to him how came it that i not only permitted it but even took the initial steps i had meant to act well by him he had begun to bleed from the nose and though this did not appear to disturb him in any way i had nevertheless thought it fitting that veterinary science should be consulted as befitted a dog in good circumstances and i had also learned that he was rather anemic and nervous like the daughter of an earl how could i know that such a fate awaited him how could i make him understand that he was having honours and attention bestowed upon him by being locked behind bars like a jaguar in being deprived of air sunshine and exercise and instead of being able to enjoy these blessings tormented with a thermometer day after day such were the questions which i put to myself as i walked home whilst i had up to then only missed bashan i now began to be afflicted with a positive anxiety for him for the welfare of his soul and was forced to contend with doubt and self-accusatory thoughts after all was it not mere vanity and egoistic conceit which had induced me to take him to this canine infirmary besides was it not possible that a secret wish had been the wellspring of this action a wish to get rid of him for a time a certain ignoble curiosity to free myself from his incessant watching and to see how it would feel to be able to turn calmly to the right or to the left without bringing about emotional cataclysms in the animated world without emotional tempests whether of joy or sorrow or bitter disillusionment it was not to be denied since bashan's internment i was enjoying a definite feeling of independence such as i had not known for a long time when i glanced through the glass door of my study there was no one there to annoy me with the spectacle of his martyrdom of patience 
no one came with paw hesitatingly raised so that giving away to a burst of pitying laughter i should be forced to deny my own fixed resolution and go forth earlier than i had intended no one questioned my right to go into the house or into the park just as the spirit moved me this was a comfortable condition of things quieting and full of the charm of novelty but as the accustomed incentive was lacking i almost ceased to go walking at all my health suffered in consequence and whilst my condition grew to be remarkably like that of bashan in his cage i indulged in the moral reflection that the fetters of sympathy would have been more conducive to my own comfort than the egoistic freedom for which i had panted the second week elapsed in good time and so on the day appointed i and the bearded attendant stood once more in front of bashan's barred habitation the inmate lay upon his side stretched out in a posture of absolute indifference upon the tan bark of his cage bits of which flecked his coat he was staring backward at the chalky wall of his prison with eyes that were glassy and dull he did not move his breathing was scarcely perceptible only from time to time his chest which displayed every rib rose in a sob which he breathed forth with a soft and heart-rending tremulo of his vocal cords his legs seemed to have grown too long his paws huge and unshapely due to his horrible emaciation his coat was extremely rough and dishevelled and crushed and as already remarked soiled from wallowing in the tan bark he paid no attention to me and it seemed that he would never again be able to summon up enough energy to take an interest in anything the hemorrhages said the attendant had not quite disappeared they still happened now and then their origin was not as yet quite clear but in any case they were of a harmless nature i was free to leave the dog there for a still longer period of observation in order to make quite sure or i might take him home with me where he would no doubt get rid of the evil all in good time i then drew out the plated leather leash from my pocket and said that i would take bashan with me the attendant thought that would be very sensible he opened the barred door and we both called bashan by name alternately and both together but he did not stir he merely kept staring at the whitewashed wall opposite he made no resistance when i thrust my arm into the cage and pulled him out by the collar he gave a kind of convulsive flounce about and landed on his legs on the floor there he stood with his tail between his legs his ears retracted and a very picture of misery i picked him up gave the attendant a tip and left the ward of this canine hospital i then proceeded to pay my bill in the office of the institution this bill at seventy-five finnigs a day and the veterinary's fee for the first examination amounted to twelve marks fifty finnigs i then led bashan home clothed in the stern yet swedish atmosphere of the clinic which still permeated my companion's coat he was broken in body and in soul animals are more unrestrained and primitive less subject to inhibition of all kinds and therefore in a certain sense more human in the physical expression of their moods than we 
forms and figures of speech which survive among us only in a kind of mental or moral translation or as metaphors are still true and valid when applied to them they live up to the expression in the fullest freshest sense of the term and in this there is something wonderfully enlivening to the eye bashan as one would say let his head hang or had a hang-dog look he did actually hang his head hung it low like some rack of a worn-out cab-horse which with abscesses on its legs and periodical shivers undulant along its sides stands at its post with a hundredweight of woe pulling its poor nose swarming with flies towards the pavement these two weeks at the veterinary high school as i have already said had reduced him to the very condition in which i had first found him in the foothills perhaps i ought to say that he was only the shadow of himself if this would not be an insult to the proud and joyous passion the smell of the dog hospital which he had brought with him vanished in the wash trays after several ablutions with soap and hot water vanished all save a few floating and rebellious whiffs a bath may be said to exercise a spiritual influence may be said to possess a symbolic significance to us human beings but no one would dare to say that the physical cleansing of poor bashan meant the restoration of his customary spirits i took him to the hunting grounds on the very first day of his homecoming but he went slinking at my heels with silly look and lolling tongue and the pheasants were jubilant over a close season at home he would remain lying for days as i had last seen him stretched out in his cage at the hospital and staring with glassy eyes inwardly limp and without a trace of his wholesome impatience without making a single attempt to force me to go forth for a walk on the contrary i was forced to fetch him from his berth at the tiny door of his kennel and to spur him on and up even the wild and indiscriminate way in which he wolfed his food reminded me of his sordid youth and then it was a great joy to see how he found himself again how his greeting gradually took on the old warm-hearted playful impetuosity how instead of coming towards me with a sullen limp he would once more come storming upon me in swift response to my morning whistle so that he might put his forepaws on my chest and snap at my face it was wonderful to see how the joy in his mere body and in his senses returned to him in the wide spaces and the open air and to observe those daring and picturesque positions he would assume those swift plunging pounces with drawn-up feet which he would make upon some tiny creature in the high grass all these things came back and refreshed my eyes bashan began to forget that hateful incident of his internment an incident so absolutely senseless from bashan's point of view sank into oblivion unredeemed to be sure unexplained by any clear understanding something which after all would have been impossible but time swallowed it up and enveloped it even as time must heal these things where human beings are concerned and so we went on with our lives as before whilst the inexpressible thing sank deeper and deeper into forgetfulness for some weeks longer it happened that bashan would occasionally sport an incarnadined nose then the phenomenon vanished 
and became a thing of the past and so after all it mattered little whether it had been a case of epistaxis or of hemothymesis there i have told the story of the clinic against my own better resolution may the reader forgive this lengthy digression and return with me to the chase in the hunting grounds which we had interrupted ah have you ever heard that tearful yowling with which a dog mustering his utmost forces takes up the pursuit of a rabbit in flight that yowling in which fury and bliss longing and ecstatic despair mix and mingle how often have i heard bashan give vent to this it is a grand passion desired sought for and deliriously enjoyed which goes ringing through the landscape and every time this wild cry comes to my ear from near or far i am given a shock of pleasant fright and the thrill goes tingling through all my limbs then i hurry forwards or to the left or right rejoicing that bashan is to get his money's worth to-day and i strive mightily to bring the chase within my range of vision and when this chase goes storming past me in full and furious career i stand banned and tense even though the negative outcome of the venture is certain from the beginning and i look on whilst an excited smile draws taut the muscles of my face and what of the rabbit the timid the tricky he switches his ears through the air crooks his head backwards at an angle and runs for dear life in long lunging leaps throwing his whitish yellow scut into the air thus he goes scratching and scudding in front of bashan who is howling inwardly and yet the rabbit in the depths of his fearsome and flighty soul ought to know that he is in no serious danger and that he will manage to escape just as his brothers and sisters and he himself have always managed to escape not once in all his life has bashan managed to catch a single rabbit and it is practically beyond the bounds of possibility that he ever should many dogs as the old proverb goes bring about the death of the rabbit a clear proof that a single dog cannot manage it for the rabbit is a master of the quick and sudden turnabout a feat quite beyond the capacity of passion and it is this feat which decides the whole matter it is an infallible weapon and an attribute of the animal that is born to fight with flight a means of escape which can be applied at any moment and which it carries in its instincts in order to put it into use at precisely that moment when victory is almost within bashan's grasp and alas bashan is then betrayed and sold here they come shooting diagonally through the woods flash across the path on which i am standing and then go dashing towards the river the rabbit dumb and bearing his inherited trick in his heart bashan yammering in high and heady tones no howling now i say or think to myself you are wasting strength strength of lung strength of breath which you ought to be saving up and concentrating so that you can grab him i am forced to think thus because i am on bashan's side because his passion is infectious imperatives which force me to hope fervently that he will succeed even at the peril of seeing him tear the rabbit to pieces before my eyes ah how he runs 
how beautiful it is how edifying to see a living creature unfolding all its forces in some supreme effort my dog runs better than this rabbit his muscular system is stronger the distance between them has visibly diminished ere they are lost to sight i leave the path and hurry through the park towards the left going in the direction of the river bank i emerge upon the gravelly street just in time to see the mad chase come ravening on from the right the hopeful infinitely thrilling chase for bashan is almost at the heels of the rabbit he is silent now he is running with his teeth set the close proximity of the scent urges him to the final effort one last plunge bashan i think and would like to shout to him just one more aim well keep cool and beware of the turnabout but these thoughts have scarcely flashed through my brain than the turnabout the hook the volte face has taken place the catastrophe is upon us my gallant dog makes the decisive forward lunge but at the selfsame moment there is a short jerk and with pert and limber swiftness the rabbit switches aside at a right angle to the course and bashan goes shooting past the hindquarters of his quarry shooting straight ahead howling desperate and with all his feet stemmed as brakes so that the dust and gravel go flying by the time he has overcome his momentum flung himself right about and gained leeway in the new direction whilst i say he has done this in agony of soul and with wailings of woe the rabbit has won a considerable handicap towards the woods yes he is even lost to the eyes of his pursuer for during the convulsive application of his four brakes the pursuer could not see whither the pursued had turned it's no use i think it may be beautiful but it is surely futile the wild pursuit vanishes in the distance of the park and in the opposite direction there ought to be more dogs five or six a whole pack of dogs there ought to be dogs to cut him off on the flank dogs to cut him off ahead dogs to drive him into a corner dogs to be in at the death and in my mind's eye in my excitement i behold a whole pack of foxhounds with lolling tongues go storming upon the rabbit in their midst i think these things and dream these dreams out of a sheer passion for the chase for what has the rabbit done to me that i should wish him to meet with so terrible an end it is true that bashan is closer to me than the long-haired one and it is quite in order that i should share his feelings and accompany him with my good wishes for his success but then the rabbit is also a warm furry breathing bit of our common life he has played his trick upon my hunting dog not out of malice but out of the urgent wish to be able to nibble soft tree shoots a little longer and to bring forth young nevertheless my thoughts continue to weave themselves about the matter and about as for example it would of course be quite another matter if this and i lift and regard the walking-stick in my hand if this cane here were not so useless and benign an instrument but a thing of more serious construction and constitution pregnant with lightning and operative at a distance by means of which i could come to the assistance of the gallant bashan and hold up the rabbit so that he would remain flop upon the spot after doing a fine assolto mortale then there would be no need of other hounds 
and bashan would have done his duty if he had merely brought me the rabbit the way things shape themselves however it is bashan who sometimes goes tumbling head over heels when he tries to meet and counter that damnable quick turn and sometimes it is also the rabbit who does the somersault though this is a mere trifle to the latter something quite in order and inconsequential and certainly by no means identified with any feeling of abject misery for bashan however it means a severe concussion which might some time or other lead to his breaking his neck often a rabbit chase comes to an end in a few minutes that is to say when the rabbit succeeds after a few hot lengths of running in ducking into the underbrush and hiding or in throwing his pursuer off his trail by means of feints and quick double turns so that the four-legged hunter sorely puzzled and uncertain jumps hither and thither whilst i shout bloodthirsty advice to him and with frantic gesticulations of my cane try to point out to him the direction in which i saw the rabbit escape sometimes the hunt extends itself throughout the length and breadth of the landscape so that bashan's voice wildly yowling sounds like a hunting horn ringing through the regions from afar now nearer and now farther away whilst i awaiting his return calmly go my ways and great heavens in what a condition he does return foam drips from his jaws his thighs are lax and hollow his ribs flutter his tongue hangs long and loose from his maw inordinately gaping something which causes his drunken and swimming eyes to appear distorted and slant mongolian the while his breathing goes like a steam engine lie down bashan i command him take a rest or you'll have apoplexy of the lungs i halt so as to give him time to recover in winter when there is a cold frost and i see him pumping the icy air with hoarse pantings into his overheated interior and then puffing it forth in the form of white steam or else swallowing whole handfuls of snow in order to cool his thirst i grow quite terrified nevertheless whilst he lies there gazing up at me with confused eye now and again snapping up his dribblings i cannot refrain from poking a bit of fun at him because of the unalterable futility of his efforts bashan where's that rabbit aren't you going to fetch me that rabbit then he begins to thump the ground with his tail and interrupts for a moment whilst i am speaking the spasmodic pumping machinery of his sides he snaps in embarrassment for he does not know that my ridicule is intended merely to conceal from him and from myself an accretion of shame and guilty conscience because i on my part was not man enough to hold up the rabbit as is the duty of a real master he is unaware of all this and so it is easy for me to make fun and to put the matter as though he were in some way to blame strange things sometimes occur during these hunts i shall never forget how the rabbit once ran into my very arms it happened along the river or rather upon the small and clayey bank above it bashan was in full cry after his quarry and i was approaching the zone of the river bank from the direction of the wood i broke through the thistle stalks along the gravel slope 
and sprang down the grass-covered declivity on to the path at the very moment that the rabbit with bashan some fifteen paces behind him was coming towards me in long bounds from the direction of the ferryman's house towards which i was turning bunny came running along the middle of the path straight towards me my first hunter-like and hostile impulse was to take advantage of the situation and to bar his way driving him if possible back into the jaws of his pursuer who came on yelping in poignant joy there i stood as though rooted to the spot and slave that i was to the fever of the chase i simply balanced the stick in my hand whilst the rabbit came nearer and nearer i knew that a rabbit's vision is very poor that alone the sense of hearing and the sense of smell are able to convey warnings to him he might therefore possibly mistake me for a tree as i stood there it was my plan and my lively desire that he should do this and so succumb to a fatal error the consequences of which were not quite clear to me but of which i nevertheless thought to make use whether the rabbit really made such an error during the course of his advance is not quite clear i believe that he noticed me only at the very last moment for what he did was so unexpected that all my schemes and deliberations were at once reduced to nothing and a deep sudden startling change took place in my state of mind was the little animal beside itself with mortal fear enough it leaped upon me just like a little dog ran up my overcoat with its tiny paws and still upright struggled to bore itself into the depths of my chest the terrible chest of the master of the chase with upraised arms and my body bent backwards i stood there and looked down upon the rabbit who on his part looked up at me we stood thus for only a second perhaps it was only the fraction of a second but thus and there we stood i saw him with such strange disconcerting minuteness saw his long ears of which one stood upright whilst the other hung down saw his great clear protuberant short-sighted eyes his rough lip and the long hairs of his whiskers the white on his breast and the little paws i felt or seemed to feel the pounding of his harried little heart it was very strange to see him thus plainly and to have him so close to me the little familiar spirit of the place the secret throbbing heart of the landscape this ever evasive creature which i had seen only for a few brief moments in its meadows and downs as it went scudding comically away and now in the extremity of its need and helplessness it was nestling up against me and clutching my coat clutching at the very breast of a man not the man it seemed to me who was bashan's master but the breast of one who was also the master of the rabbit and of bashan and of bashan's master this lasted as i have said only a brief moment or so and then the rabbit had dropped off had once more taken to his unequal legs and jumped down the escarpment to the left whilst bashan had now arrived in his place bashan with horrible hue and cry and with all the heady tones of his frenetic hunting howls all of which suffered swift interruption on his arrival for a well-aimed blow of the stick delivered with malice prepense by the master of the rabbit sent him yelping with smarting hindquarters down the slope to the right 
up which he was forced to climb with a limp before he was once more able after considerable delay to take up the trail of the no longer visible quarry End of chapter five part two